Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Writers Roundtable. Matt Babich is here. And to be honest with the audience today, we don't have any guests. It's just us. No, we do but not. Some, we had some... we had 20 analysts all email us saying, please, please let us on the show. And, and we said, no, no, this is to, this week is about us. Me, 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 me. It's I, I'm going to you know, hijack the show. Sometimes, sometimes you just have to take over, right? You just have to. It's our show. We wanted to know. To be honest, uh, it just didn't work out. We got busy. Uh, things happen. Life happens. But I'm, I'm excited because sometimes, you know, you walk into the studio, somebody's sick, you know, you pick, you know, you pick up your guitar and you just start playing. Right. And you just you, sometimes the drummer starts banging away on his drums and then the bass guitarist he he starts plucking at his bass guitar and then the the lead guitarist he chimes in and then that's sometimes that's how you make this that, that sweet sweet music sometimes and that's what we're going to do tonight on the writer's roundtable we're riffing tonight man we're, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about a, a, a certain vikings player who may end up being a dolphin or a jet or a cowboy apparently just about every team is interested in this guy that has not yet moved from his team we're going to talk about year two leaps and year two dips sophomore slumps and year two leaps we're going to talk about rookies and their adps in fantasy drafts this coming off season we're going to talk about diamonds in the rough. They're going to win your redraft leagues. If you haven't caught the theme, it's a redraft theme show tonight, everybody. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I was on Mock Draft Live with Tyler Canable, and I'm diving into more and more of these underdog leagues. It's the perfect month to just mm-hmm. do underdog drafts, FFPC drafts, whatever kind of draft you're into. I'm, we're doing it all. We're doing a player profiler, FFPC draft with jack I, I don't know if you're in there or not but theo billy like all these people are in this thing and uh it's it's fun it's a fun time of year for me because this is where you can make some serious cat like the, the now's the time where some values are out of whack and speaking of values we're going to talk tonight about what in the world we do with this dalvin cook situation so what do we do with this Dalvin Cook situation, Matt? Is he going to go to Miami? Is that a good thing if he goes to Miami? What are we doing? 
none of this makes any sense whatsoever. And I have to imagine that all these reports are getting spun up by either the Vikings or Dalvin Cook's camp or or both. Dalvin Cook to Miami couldn't make less sense. Apologies for the double negative. But if you want a guy to fill in the between the tackles role that can also catch, why haven't you just signed Fournette for about one twelfth of what Dalvin Cook currently costs? I just don't get how what would be going through the Dolphins front office's brains when they decided we're going to put some capital into Devon a Shane to, to lead our backfield. And then like a month later say, you know who we need Dalvin cook that that'll really put this offense together. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like maybe if he gets cut, they'll make a play just because he's there, but they're certainly not going to trade for him. And, and, you know, if it does happen, a Shane is tanked for, for, for this year. And Dalvin becomes a very unappetizing fantasy asset as well. And then to comment on the report that came out yesterday, or I think it was today, uh, about the jets and the Cowboys reportedly being two of many teams that are willing to spend big to get Dalvin cook. No, that's bull. If they were willing to spend big, they would, someone would have traded a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick by now to trade Dalvin. You don't think the Vikings are going to accept any offer that comes onto the table for Dalvin cook. They're not coming in. The phone is silent and they're stirring up these reports and oh, teams are going to be willing to pay big on Dalvin cook. The Vikings are trying to do anything they can to scrape some value out of this situation. And it's sad because they're just going to cut them. Yeah. Um, it certainly seems that way. However, I, I think we differ a little bit on if he winds up in Miami, I think it tanks a chain and redraft. Obviously, I think I don't really want much to do. I I think Dalvin Cook could be a lot more valuable than you think he could be. And right now, in some of these underdog best ball drafts, he's going in the seventies as far as ADP. And it's comical because the the player that he's getting drafted right next to is Alexander Madison, which is crazy to me because. I don't know. I, I guess it could happen that Alexander Madison is the lead dog in Minnesota, but I wouldn't put much money on it. And if, if Dalvin does wind up in Miami, that's a very potent offense. They have those wide receivers and they're going to throw the ball to him. His efficiency metrics were bad last year, but they weren't horrendous. Like he still, I mean, his offensive line didn't do him many favors in run blocking. Like if you go look up those efficiency metrics. So I don't think he's completely toast. They're going to use them. They're probably going to work in more of, you know, Mostert and uh, the other guy I can't think of right now, but Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson. Yeah. That's going to, so it's probably going to be more of a committee than we want it to be, but he's still going to get the opportunities that we want him to get in Miami. If that is where he goes, if the rumors are true, so I, I think you got to be taking some shots on Dalvin. The problem is, the problem is, I like a lot of the running backs that are going after Dalvin. Like I like Rashad White. I like David Montgomery. They're going after Cook right now in ADP wise. I like. Let's see who else do I like? I wrote it down. Connor, Connor. James Cook, James James. Oh yeah, James Cook is good. Uh, anyway, but I I I'm gonna say this. Um, oh, Cam Akers. That's the guy I was yep. trying to think of. Cam Akers. Pacheco. I like. I think I like Pacheco more than Dalvin Cook. Um, I certainly like taking shots on Jerick McKinnon late, but that's a whole other conversation. But I really feel, though, I know this is a redraft show, but 
I, I kind of think right now, if you're a win now team in dynasty, like Dalvin cook is super cheap. And if he winds up on the dolphins, that could be the running back that I'm not saying he's going to be an RB one, but does he have RB two upside there? Maybe. And it's probably not going to cost you much right now. Like maybe a second round pick future pick. If you're a win now team it makes a lot of sense to me And it. But the problem in, in redraft is there's other running backs. I like more than him that I think are going to do better. So yeah, exactly. Not, so no. we're pretty much on the same stance there. Uh, the upside, okay. if I'm a if I'm a win now team in Dynasty, yeah, sure. Uh, when I when I was writing up my responses to this, I was thinking more from a redraft perspective. Which and you hit the nail on the head. You like other running backs more that are going behind him. And if you think his ADP is going to stay at RB twenty two, if he goes to Miami, you are kidding yourself. Cause it will, it'll vault to, it'll vault, vault three spots. It'll go way too, at, way at too least. high because yeah. a chain is at 36 right now. And he's currently like the lead back, you know, uh, the third round rookie that some significant capital invested in him. So the masses are not bought into him being a threat in the fantasy landscape right away. And so if cook goes there, I can't imagine there's going to be some sort of, weird reaction where now all of a sudden everyone's in on a chain and cook's value like stays flat so it, it just thinking about where his value is going to go if you're going to take a shot on him it's it should have been it should be now um but you know in underdog drafts i'll take i'll take some shots on him but in redraft i'm I'm staying as far away as i can yeah i think we're i think we're movie simpatico on that topic speaking of uh well, this is a terrible transition. Year two leaps or year two uh, duds years. I mean, it's a thing, right? So the sophomore slump, it's very real. Year two leap. So Matt Babich, um, we have not identified these beforehand. So I'm interested to hear which sophomores are set to boom and which which ones are set to bust in year two. I'm not going to lie. I had trouble finding ones that I thought were going to slump. And I, I saved... Obviously, I'm going to let you talk about how Christian Watt you think Christian Watson's going to going to slump. So uh, I'll let you get that one out of the way. I won't even talk about him being a boom. Uh, you can just go look at other shows. He's an alpha. He's he's going to be getting more targets this season. He's going to be getting the deep targets. He's going to be getting scripted those those fantasy friendly targets. So Christian Watson is is a boom this season. You know, we I went through the metrics last week where. Even if you take away his absurd touchdown rate in the back half of the season, he was a target hog and he was efficient and he was producing. He was the wide receiver 19 if you took away over half of his touchdowns in fantasy points per game. So even if he regresses as uh, as a touchdown scorer this season, he can still outkick his ADP uh, through, through other production. So I, I do like Christian Watson, even if Jordan Love isn't that good. It's simply just going to be about the target volume and the opportunity. But some of my my bigger candidates this year, I'm in love with Drake London. He, we knew he wasn't going to be this savant route runner where he's he's breaking ankles and he's getting open, playing the game like Stephon Diggs. He's he's six four and he's what two twenty two fifteen. He he's a big guy. He's going to win through the physicality, but still, he won over forty percent of his routes last season, which is a really good mark, especially as a rookie. Um, he was efficient as a receiver. He was nearly top 10. He was number 11 in, in yards per route run. He he was the only driver in the past game in Atlanta. 
He had 2.09, 2.1 yards per team pass attempt. So he, he was the lifeblood of this passing offense. And we just saw, you know, the effect of Marcus Mariota and being a rookie all kind of weighed on him. And then he couldn't convert on the red zone targets. And, and again, I'll reiterate, he had Marcus Mariota as a quarterback. We will, we were, we were laughing at him every week. Like Marcus Mariota was a laughing stock on Twitter every single week because of how bad he was throwing the football and, and still Drake London managed to, to put up over 10 fantasy points per game. And, you know, the same kind of argument with Christian Watson, if he's getting the opportunity, it can't get much worse than it got last season. And the team seems to be pretty bought in on Ritter. That connection is going to be there. He's going to get a 30% target share or at least 25. Um, so all over Drake London, uh, Kenny Pickett as a quarterback. We we've talked about him uh, multiple times before on the show. Talk about uh, a quarterback that was getting masked by just the fact that he had to run for his life behind an offensive line. He has Deontay Johnson dropping the ball, but when you look at his advanced metrics, when he's in deep ball and pressured situations, he's a very effective passer. And those are two very key situations that you need to be able to succeed in as a quarterback. He threw one of the most catchable balls in the league. And then in the back half of the season, the Steelers had one of the more efficient offenses in terms of EPA per play. So this whole offense is set up to, to have an uptick in efficiency and productivity from what we saw overall last season and Kenny Pickett getting drafted at like quarterback 25 or something like that um, is, is a little bit asinine, especially because he only had seven passing touchdowns last year and, and less than 2,500 passing yards. So I, I don't see any situation where Kenny Pickett is outside the top 25 quarterbacks unless he gets hurt or, or maybe multiple pass catchers get hurt, but he's set up for a big increase. And then my bust is going to be Chris Olave. It might sound, Ooh. yeah, it might sound Ooh. shocking, but on my some people with that one on a long drive down to Missouri, I listened to the mind of mansion with, with Memphis, uh, from the dynasty war zone podcast. Great show. And, and he laid out the argument really well. And the thesis of it is where are the pass attempts going to come from? He finished as a, a top 25 receiver in fantasy as a rookie, which is good. And obviously we expect him. He's, he's a very talented receiver. But every move the New Orleans Saints made this offseason was structured around building up the run game, not the passing game. I know they got Derek Carr, but in the NFC South, we have the Falcons, who are going to be struggling to win games. We have the Panthers, who are going to be struggling to win games. And we have the Buccaneers, who are going to be struggling to win games. There's going to be very few times where the New Orleans Saints are going to be forced to throw the ball and throw the ball with pace. I'm basically quoting the podfather on that one, but there's going to be very few situations where the saints are going to have to throw and have to play fast. And so you're expecting twice the finish that he produced for you last season. And while the talent is there for him to do that, the situation isn't. So I'm not out on Chris Olave by any means. I'm not saying he's not talented, but, but vaulting him up to wide receiver 12, I think is going to lead some people into some, into some mistakes and drafts at that cost. I don't think I can do it. Yeah, no, I was on the trade. I remember being on the Trade God show and I detailed how, you know, who was the Saints' former quarterback, Andy Dalton. And the really the only difference between Andy Dalton and Derek Carr is Derek Carr throws the ball down the field more than Andy Dalton. But if you look at their production as far as fantasy points go with what they've had to work with, 
It's a lot more comparable than people think. It's a lot more comparable than people think. I don't know if Derek Carr is the screaming upgrade as as often as people as as much as other people might think so. I think that's very narrative driven. I think Derek Carr has largely disappointed his fantasy owners. Just go look at the numbers. I'm not making that up. Just go look at the numbers. So yes, there is a world where Chris Olave, and I think it's a very real world, where lets some people down this year. But for me, I took a little bit different approach with this. I took the approach because you put it in the show sheet. You said, let's not pick, you know, the the high flyers. And so I said, okay, I'm going to go undercover. I'm going to go under the radar. I'm going to I'm going to hang below the, you know, just go undetected here. Jahan Dotson. I know a lot of people are excited for Jahan Dotson, but he's going to be my and it has nothing to really do with the talent because I think the talent's good. Um, this quarterback situation too, so he's the number two wide receiver in that offense. This is an offense that's going to look to run the ball first with these quarterbacks. I mean, if you if you if you're taking a shot on Dotson, you're hoping probably that Brissett gets the majority of the quarterback snaps, and I think he probably will just based on what we're seeing from Sam Howe so far. I I don't get that situation whatsoever. But you look at some of his efficiency metrics too. I mean, target separation number twenty-seven in the in the league—that's pretty good. Uh, but total route wins is route win route win rate. I can never say that. I right. always struggle. No, number seventy-six in uh, amongst wide receivers. He finished as the wide receiver fifty-one last year and wide receiver thirty-eight in points per game and fantasy points per game. And where he's getting drafted right now, I think, is just a little bit too high. I mean. Current ADP is 78 on underdog. That's according to four for four. That's this week from June 1st to June 7th today. His ADP is 78. I think that's way too high. I think there are many other receivers, and I'm going to talk about one that I would prefer at his ADP. So I'm out on on Jahan Dotson um, in redraft. A receiver that I am in on and receivers that I'll continually draft because I have no idea where this Kadarius tony hype is coming from because what has Kadarius tony done ever nothing nothing ever he's done nothing um sky Moore currently going outside the 10th round at pick 123 so if i could do math right 10 rounds 12 people 120 right so outside yeah. the 10th round there you go there's a little math lesson for you on the round table uh sky Moore. i mean who better than a guy who profiles prolifically as a slot wide receiver who was really productive in college, who they took a second round pick on last year. I know it's basically a projection, but so is Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony's a projection because he's never done anything outside of a couple weeks here and there. And Kadarius Tony's going way high. So in these in this ambiguous wide receiver room, which it is an ambiguous wide receiver room in Kansas City, I know what they're saying right now. I know that to- they're saying they're talking Tony up. They're saying good things about him, but he's going like five rounds ahead of Sky Moore and like two or three rounds ahead of MVS. And I'd much rather have MVS or Sky Moore in year two than I would taking a chance on Tony. Like I just, I just, cause he's he's also the injury concern with Tony too. I mean, it just, give me the less risky, uh, I think more consistent player that's going later than the way risky, player that's going about five rounds six rounds ahead of him so give me sky more i'm selling dots and just not because i don't like them because i hate the situation and i hate the adp right now 
All right, let's let's take a look at the chat. I, oh, hold oh, on, go ahead. hold on, hold on. I I I, I want to comment on what you said about Jahan Dodson because okay, I was I was this close to adding him at least on the the show sheet as one of my busts that mm-hmm. I was going to potentially talk about, and then and then you went ahead and talked about it. Um, what did I? What but did I'm kind I'm kind of back and forth because yes, he was not an he wasn't an efficient receiver, and he wasn't the best. He didn't have the best route win rate but not to contradict player profiler stats but matt Harmon did rate him very highly in reception perception so that's an interesting all i'm saying is that's an interesting discrepancy that we need to take note of um he had a dotson had a 70 percent catchable pass rate which was 78th of wide receivers and a 5.4 target quality rating which was 52nd of receivers so yeah a lot of his touchdown or a lot of his production came from touchdowns but he had some truly awful targets to work with last season. So we saw Bateman increase his efficiency and look like more of the receiver we thought he was in year two when his quality of targets went up. And that could be what we see with Dotson if Brissett plays, because historically Brissett has been an accurate quarterback. So I actually, despite, you know, maybe there will be some less deep shots to Dotson, I think Brissett will be delivering him higher accurate, more accurate and higher quality targets overall. Um, I think 40 or 38 wide receiver, 38 wide receiver, 40 where, where he's going in drafts. I think that's pretty fair for him given his upside. So I understand the case of being out. I don't think he's necessarily massively mispriced though. Fair. I mean, I, I agree to disagree, um, no, but I just, I, I that, that's what you're hoping for. You're hoping for Brissett over Sam Howell for sure, because Sam Howell is, I mean, who knows what what you're gonna get there? Probably not anything you're gonna like. Taylor Heineke um, part two, most likely. Yeah, he'll, he'll chuck it, but it not accurate. To speak and to speak to Christian Watson too. Again, I talked about it last week. Uh, Sixty five targets last year. He's I know it was his rookie year, but he's living off of four weeks in the middle of the season where he likely pushed some people into the playoffs, and then once he got to the playoffs. Wide receiver 48, wide receiver 40, wide receiver 91 in points per game. So he totally let you down in the playoffs. And I just not that impressed. I know the metrics are good on playerprofiler.com, but he's in a situation right now where he's being drafted in like the fourth round next to some running backs that I like better taking them there. I'm just not going to have a lot of Christian Watson the way this is going. And I don't think Jordan Love's very good because Jordan Love hasn't really shown us anything and this is a team that's going to look to run the ball more than i mean you this this could be a team that runs the ball more than they pass it if jordan loves really bad so we'll see and we got you know we got the coach from san francisco and we got those two running backs there that's that's their strength you know so that's likely what they're going to do so skeptical on dotson i'm totally out on christian watson and anybody anybody can come at me with for that take because i i feel pretty pretty confident pretty confident in that one so and i think we have a bet on it too so we do all right i think it's informative segment time is it informative segment time it feels like it's informative segment time because since we're talking about underdog why don't you uh listen to this informative segment about underdog from the podfather
Let's take a moment to talk about Underdog Fantasy. Now, many of you have already signed up. Thousands have signed up from Player Profile already over the years. Underdog has supported us since 2020. Much of what you see on Player Profiler is because of Underdog, because of their support. Get the Underdog app, plug in that promo code UNDERWORLD. I used to play Underdog just for the best ball drafts. I mean, the best ball drafts are amazing. These draft rooms fill so quickly, and you can win life-changing money. You want to take advantage of all the sleepers we talk about on this show? Well, what better place than in an Underdog draft room to do that? And I recommend taking your underdog play to the next level by diving into their NFL pickums. It's important to correlate those NFL pickums. You can pick both the quarterbacks and the wide receivers to exceed expectations. Correlate them and you can 5x your payout. Bada bing, bada boom. Underdog Fantasy, the promo code is Underworld. For an instant deposit match up to $100, Underdog is the truest friend of the Underworld. And we are back. And now we are going to be talking about evaluating rookies in redraft it's way different than dynasty obviously so how should we evaluate these rookies and when we're doing these underdog drafts when we're doing these ffpc drafts are they overrated underrated just right what do you think matt babich i think it all comes down to draft capital that is such a highly correlated metric with year one success we look at guys like Josh Jacobs, who, you know, when you get a running back that's drafted in the first round, they're getting significant touches right off the bat. That's a large investment to place into an asset. So, uh, breaking news Bijan Robinson's going to get a lot of touches this season. So, write that one down. But yeah. it, it, typically, when, when they're priced, I mean, these things are priced in. And so, Bijan is a outlier because there's just insanely high expectations for him. And Jameer Gibbs this season is also another outlier because generally running backs selected in the first 15 picks of the first round do not have a backfield partner as good as David Montgomery. So generally my, my rule of thumb is if it's a first round running back, I'm probably in on their ADP just because of the likelihood that they get an opportunity share that that puts them into that realm. And it, the same thing goes for wide receivers, the the ones drafted in day one and two. Um, you know, I, I'm generally in as long as they have that pathway to success. You know, you have to understand that not all of these rookies are going to start stepping up right away. Uh, it took Justin Jefferson a couple of weeks even before he had that breakout week against Tennessee. So it's 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 a you're walking a tightrope really because a guy like Jordan Addison ha, his ADP's creeping up because of the hype that's around him he's the kind of guy who I'd rather trade for a few weeks in when Hawkinson's averaging 7 targets a game and and Jefferson's averaging 8 targets a game and Addison's still getting accumulated to the situation we're seeing um blank KJ Osborne didn't need help on that one. We'll see. We'll see KJ Osborne, you know, work his way in and get some targets. And and so the people who are drafted in day one are are almost almost automatic buys for me in a sense where where I'm okay with taking them at cost. And then once we start getting into the day two, day three guys, as long if they have the pathway to success, I'll consider them at ADP. But generally, this time around the summer is when training camp season hits, and those guys who were properly valued beforehand start creeping up and then getting getting a little too expensive. So early drafting, I'll 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 bite, and then usually later towards the summer is when everyone's in and I'm out. So 
I as I was Go talking off. to you before the show, I was talking to you before the show. Great stuff, by the way. I I think that's very astute. I was doing doing a little bit too much research before the show. I actually kind of lost track of time, and I was like, "Oh man, this shows at six four six. It's six fifty four, and I got to get in Streamyard." But I digress. So I was comparing the rookies from last year to the rookies that were drafted this year at the same time. So I took the twenty twenty two ADP in June, and for the rookies last year, and I I didn't do every single one, but here we go. Uh, Kenneth Walker, uh, was picked 91 in, in this year, in last year, Brees Hall, RIP for, for his 2022 season, but he was picked number 44 and he was going to smash that value if he would have stayed healthy. I mean, can you imagine he had, I, I was saying he had RB one upside. He could have finished as the RB one last year, the way that was going. Um, Drake London, the first wide receiver taken, uh, was pick 71 uh, in the month of June. Olave, pick 99. Garrett Wilson, pick 105. Dotson, pick 136. Burks, pick 83. And Christian Watson, pick 114. So that kind of gives you a good like landscape of last year at this time, those rookies. Okay, so now I want to list off some rookies from this year because, and we'll just get your reaction, all right? Bijan Robinson at pick number nine overall. Now that's fallen a little bit because he was going in the, in the middle of the first round. Now he's going back towards the later half of the first round, but still, uh, it scares it it's scares absurd. me a lot. It scares me so much. It's I'm, way I can't, too high. I can't do it. I can't do it because I mean, I've talked about it before, and I know you talked about draft capital, and I know he got picked eighth overall. But but we don't even have to go too far to compare a guy who got picked four picks later, literally Jameer Gibbs, who I'm much more open to taking than Bijan Robinson is going like pick at pick 39. So he's going literally 30 picks later than Robinson. And I know David Montgomery's there, but it's a better offense and a better situation. And we know he's going to have a pass catching role. So I'm much more open to taking Gibbs than I am Bijan, but still, it just shows you draft capital rookie fever because Brees Hall was getting drafted Does later than those guys. Sense? Kenneth Walker was getting drafted later than those guys, like signet way later, you know? Uh, so, okay. Here's, here's the one that I, I don't even really, I under, I understand the running backs, right? So here's what doesn't make sense to me. Okay. And you, you can call me crazy. I don't know, but Jackson Smith and Jigba, and I love the player but he's getting drafted at pick number 60 when Drake London was getting drafted at pick 71 at the same time last year. I know it's a better offense, much better offense. And there, I think there's room in there for him to get a hundred targets. I know, but it's not definite. It's not definite by any stretch, but pick 60. What do you think? Is, is that, it just like I, a market overcorrection to rookies in general? Cause that like, even when you say that Gibbs is 30 picks behind Bijan, there is no logical argument for Jameer Gibbs's rookie ADP to be higher than Brees Hall's rookie ADP. Because to me, the it's only thing capital. you can say is it's, it's, it's draft. draft capital. That's it. Yeah. If Brees Hall was drafted at the 12th pick, he would have been, I don't know, would he be in a top 20 pick last year then? Is this is this how yeah. our minds are working? Is this how the collective thinks? Uh, this is absurd. Yeah. Um. So, but JSN at pick number 60, does Monday at the office feel like a storm? 
not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. When Drake London was drafted higher, Olave was drafted higher. I could not believe Garrett Wilson's ADP. And that's according to four for four. So don't shout at me for that. That's where I got it from. Uh, it, it Garrett Wilson picked 105 last year. Absolutely smashed that value. Um, but here we go. I'm going to keep going. All right. So JSN, I think is being overvalued. I think, I think the, the general theme that I got from this research was, I think we have a little bit of rookie fever still. Like, I think, I think, it, I think these values are going to come down this month. And that then once we get tr- closer to training camp, like what you were saying, like then the rookie fever will heat up again. So we're going to, I think we're approaching a lull, but Quentin Johnston is getting drafted at pick 82, 82. I, I think that I still think that's really high. I think that's really high, especially when you've got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen already entrenched there. I know Mike Williams can't stay healthy, but come on. Like I, I, I mean, uh, when when let's see i haven't looked this up I, I wonder where mike williams is getting drafted probably like what the fifth, what, fifth round wide receiver 43 for johnston on the surface that doesn't doesn't sound undoable uh williams is wide receiver 23 44 but that's best ball i just have underdog pulled up okay gotcha um next receiver i think johnston it's a little high for me for my particular brand of t jordan addison now i love jordan addison but pick 67. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'd rather I, at this point at his cost, I would rather wait three weeks into the season when the the person who drafted Jordan Addison says, shoot, I I screwed up. And then that's when yeah. you get him because week four, week five is when he's going to catch like two touchdowns for 85 yards against like some number three bum corner. And it's going to he's going to figure it out and it's going to be over. OK, but so I agree in like a regular redraft league, but what do we, I think we have to wait. I think we have to see how this shakes out a little bit. Cause I don't know com- compared to where some other players are going around Addison. I'm okay with getting a little bit right now, but I think, I think these 80, these rookie ADPs are going to come down. I really do. I, I think we got some rookie fever going on. Zay flowers pick 88. It's around where Traylon Burks was going last year at pick 83. So I guess that makes a little bit more sense. Um, anyway, uh, Dalton Kincaid pick one nineteen. That mm-hmm. kind of, that yeah, that kind of scares me too. Dude, that's, I, I don't... that's all draft capital. Yeah, yeah. And those, so I just went through the first round, but I thought that was interesting to compare this t- last year's rookies at this time to this year's rookies at this time. And again, all that all that uh, data was collected via four for four, where they have underdog ADP data. It's a really great site, almost as good as Player Profiler. Um, so any any final thoughts with these rookies? Are there any rookies that you're drafting? Because mo- right now, because mostly I, I think my position is eh, I'm going to wait a little bit and see how the market shakes out because I think these rookies are being a little bit overvalued in, in these uh, best ball drafts right now. Yeah, I think we're pretty much in lockstep here. Uh, but what I do okay. want to touch on before we go to the next topic is the kind of the second half of the question of which rookies do you think are are, are the best ones that, that are – Jeez. Oh, okay. Which rookies are best poised to succeed in year one? We've kind of gone over the values of them and whether or not you like or, or dislike them, but but which rookies mm-hmm. do you think have the best position to exceed their their current ADP? 
Um, I'm really intrigued by Kendra Miller. Um, it, it, I just looked him up, pick 133 right now. So 10th, 11th round. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more than okay with taking a shot on him. Um, in a backfield that with Jamal Williams and there, Aaron St. Dennis wrote an article about it or Aaron St. Denis, sorry, uh, wrote an article about it. So you should go check that out. He, he thinks that Kendra Miller is going to be the one that emerges from the backfield. And of course we have player profiler like Roshan Johnson. So I'm not so much into these first round top rookies right now, but some of these like second and third round fourth round rookies you know michael wilson we'll talk about later like michael wilson for arizona could have a i mean with your last pick in best ball i mean why not like these are the kinds of shots you should take um i know we're getting deep into the weeds but what do you think who's your guys no i don't know what it is and it's generally when when a guy is is promoted by player profiler as much as Michael Wilson is. I generally see the <laughs> argument and I, and I buy in, but something about it. Yeah. I just, just hasn't sat right with me. I just don't know if he's ever proven he's good at all, but, but you know, to your point with your last pick in best ball, you know, there's, or your last pick in your redraft, see, see what happens, especially with how the situation in Arizona is lining up. So he does have the athletic profile and he does have the situation. So the only thing that's missing for me is just like, I just don't know if he's ever really proven he's good at any level yet. Um, But I love what you said about Kendra Miller. He's at the top of my list. Um, I do think JSN is actually more in a better position than people think His, his ADP, like you said, is a little high. Um, but we talk about the draft capital and, and the fact that this is going to be, you know, a fairly high volume passing offense. I do think there is, is that situation for Jackson Smith and Jigba where he does overtake Lockett in year one. Uh, I'm not necessarily going to be super, super high exposed to it, but I think there's been a lot of, a lot of negative talk in year one about Jackson Smith and Jigba from, from the sharper fantasy minds. Um, and I think I'm more in the middle than, than most people are. And then I, I really think Jaden Reed has a, a fantastic situation in year one despite you know you mentioned you think the the offense is going to be low passing volume which it very well could be but even if it is and jordan love stinks that's probably better for him because he's going to be the one winning his routes and getting open underneath and jordan love isn't gonna he's not gonna say all right let me push it to the boundary to christian watson let me force this deep ball with with defenders in my face he's gonna say one step, two step. Oh, Jaden Reed's already open. Dump. And he's going to let Reed work in the middle of the field. And I think Reed has a Deontay Johnson kind of rookie season esque where, where he can really kind of pop off. And then, and then finally, I, I'm just the biggest Roshan Johnson fan on the universe, I think, maybe second to Seth. Um, but don't sit here and tell me that Dante Foreman or Khalil Herbert are three down backs because neither of them are. And Roshan Johnson has the complete skill set to be the three down back, be the goal line back, be the pass catching back. Really, the only thing that he has to come out and do in this training camp is figure out pass blocking quickly, and he'll be out on that field all the time. So I believe it was you, Seth, who said he's going to be the starter by and getting over 50% of the touches by week six. I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's a perfect timeline. And if you're getting a discount on it, if that's the truth, then his value is way too low, even in redraft this year. Yeah. And real quick to touch on a couple of things you said, and then we'll move on to the the last question of the, of the show. Um, Jaden Reed is good. 
and it's all about ADPs. All right. So I hate Christian Watson's ADP because he's going in the fourth round. Jaden Reed, however, at pick 157 right now on underdog. Yes, please. I think he's better than Romeo Dubes. They drafted him higher than Romeo Dubes or Dubs or however you say his name. I don't think anybody knows. So I, I'm I'm in on Jaden Reed. And when the Bears, I mean, you think about their backfield. Roshan's the, the player they have the most invested in. This is a young team that Ryan Poles has emphasized adding younger players. Look at everything they did in the offseason. They want youth. They want guys that are going to grow together and become eventually a Super Bowl contender. It's probably not going to be this year, but it's the potentials there. So that tells me that there's no point in putting Donta Foreman out there or putting Khalil Herbert out there if he's not good in pass protection. Okay. So all these Donta Foreman people can like they just aren't paying attention to the bears and what the bears are prioritizing. So the only way that Roshan Johnson doesn't get on the field right away is if, like you said, he's not good in pass protection because he can catch the ball and he can run the ball. Like the, the only like, and Donta Foreman doesn't catch the ball and Khalil Herbert is bad. We know he's bad in pass protection. So he's got the clearest pathway out of all three of those running backs to get on the field. Now he's just got to go prove that he can do it. And I think he can. So there you go. Roshan Johnson to the moon, especially at that ADP. I don't know what's going on in the chat. Uh, Senor football is saying this must've been the uninformative segment. He's, he can't wait for the informative segment now. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure what that's. We uh, we were apparently being uninformed. I'm an uninformative first. Uh, Disco Stu says, interesting fact, Bijan Robinson career games, 400, fumbles, three. I don't know what three divided by 400 is, but that seems pretty good to me. It further uh, adds it further adds to my my controversial argument that Bijan Robinson is going to get a lot of touches in year one. Gotcha. Harry Snowman, shout out to Harry Snowman. Brissett gives them the best chance to win this year. Absolutely, Absolutely he does. Absolutely. And that's a front office and an organization that you would think needs to win this year, even though they probably won't. So uh, thank you guys for sticking with us in the chat. We do have one more question to, to cover, and it's maybe the most controversial question. Maybe. I don't know. We probably already covered it a little bit. But Matt Babich, what, what is that question? I, I don't know what it is. I'm glad you kicked it over to me because before we talk about, you know, we've been talking about ADPs. So mm-hmm. I want to talk for, for just a quick second about why the player profiler world famous draft kit is world famous. So first of all, I mean, there's a reason that the FFPC is sponsoring this thing. Okay. We got 300 ranked players. You heard me right. 300 like Spartacus. We got cheat sheets mm. with that. Have, the, the dynamic cheat sheets. You can change the player projections to your scoring systems. We have write-ups and videos from the top minds in the industry. And something that's pretty cool that I love is that not every time the the, the person who's doing the video is doing the write-up. So for a lot of players in this list, you're going to get like two takes for the price of one. And I think that's really cool because you can even get some differing takes and get both sides of the same coin. So there's no other draft kit out there in the world that will do that for you. And how else do we do we evaluate players before evaluating teams, we have team insights, signature trends filled with the highest quality graphics. I mean, this thing gets better and better every year, and it was already the best a couple years ago. So if you're not getting the draft kit, you're missing out. So so make sure that you buy the draft kit. Releasing soon. Be on the lookout. Oh, very soon. And very soon. 
with that, you will be able to find the diamonds in the rough that win leagues. Everyone's hunting for the next gem in these leagues. Last year, if you drafted Ramondre Stevenson at ADP, you were likely going deep in your playoff run. So, Seth, which players are being drafted too low in redraft leagues and are going to be winning people some money in redraft? Well, I just have to say, first of all, that was one of the best promos you've ever done. Uh, MJF would uh, be quaking in his <laughs> boots right now. All right. So great stuff. Uh, and yes, I uh, that that draft kit, I, I almost made the mistake one year when I was writing real quick story. I'll answer your question, I promise. But like you said, you know, there's videos and then there's write ups. And so it was my job to go in and do the write up for a prominent player. I won't say what player it was because it'll give away. Let's just say a prominent member of the fantasy football community was nice enough to contribute to the draft kit, right? Really high up, like really important person in the industry. I didn't pay attention to their video. And I wrote up that player X is going to disappoint you in fantasy football. And then I thought, well, maybe I should watch the video first to see if they agree with me. They agree with me. Right. And uh, yeah, they didn't. So <laughs> what, to, the, what happened yeah. to the player? What happened to the player? Oh, I was right. I was right. There we the go. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, uh, you get two takes for the price of one. And I was really nervous about that take uh, because it went out into the wild. But anyway, uh, to answer your question, right, uh, the, these and we're not talking like the Roshan Johnsons or the Kendra Millers like y'all know about that. We're talking about who are the guys that are just these under the radar get your get your with your last pick i've talked about michael wilson so i feel like that's unfair michael wilson why not take a shot on him i think tank dell and i know he's small i know he's small but you look at that houston texans uh receiving core and you look at his pathway to opportunity is it's gonna be there i mean he was a third round pick i know he's undersized but he can work in the slot he was specifically requested for by CJ Stroud. Now I know that's the historical side of that is not very good, but this is not like a Clyde Edwards Alaire situation. I don't think this is a guy you're not going to have to spend a first round pick on. So let's not compare that. This is a guy you're going to be able to get way late. I also like my guy, Xavier Hutchinson. I, I like these guys because they're free. I mean, tank Dell is being not being drafted in the FFPC is like 302 is his ADP. So he's absolutely free. He, I mean, he could have a prominent role right away. Same with Xavier Hutchinson. Um, another guy that I'm really into right now. Uh, I mean, it's, it's really, it's really hard to, and I know this kind of goes against what I'm, what I was saying earlier, but um, you know, Antonio Gibson to me in that Washington backfield, I mean, right now, I know, I know I said uh, that <laughs> I said that we weren't going to, we were going to go deep, but, but he is getting drafted like at pick 116. I mean, come on. Like, I think he's got a very clear path to that, that running back role in Washington. So those, I don't know if that last one counts. Uh, I thought I had another one written down here, but I have Tank Dell. I was going to talk about Michael Wilson. That was the other one. What about, what about you, Matt? What, what, what are your diamonds in the rough? I didn't for some of these, I didn't necessarily go as deep uh, as you did, but that's, that's just because I think the value yeah. on, on 
on these players is equivalent to getting a Ramondre last year in the 10th. Well, I mean, he was a top 10 RB that was drafted in like the eighth round. So maybe not an exact equivalent because that's a pretty insane jump. But Joe Mixon should not be RB 17. You still have time. He's he's a top 10 RB this week. He's or this week, this year. He's probably a top six RB. And so the value of just getting him at running back 17 still is pretty insane. And then Antonio Gibson at RB 38. He's going to be winning people a lot of leagues. Uh, now to get into the, some actual, the the diamonds in the rough here, Jacoby Myers. We keep talking about him. Oh, He's yeah, still yeah. at wide receiver 54. Uh, I'm trying to, to pull up exactly where that, 118. Pick 118. You are, you know, basically in, in what, the 10th round there? Yeah, the 120 mm-hmm. divided by 10 thing, or 12, 12 thing. Um, so you're in the 10th round. You're getting a guy who's probably going to be the number one receiver on his team by the time Devontae Adams leaves. So just keep recording breaking news segments on here. Breaking news. The Las Vegas Raiders have traded Devontae Adams. Um, I think I actually already recorded that one on a different show. But yeah. um, And then two tight ends, actually. So so I, I had the pleasure of recording uh, a breakdown video and, and a player write-up for a certain tight end. And in there, I mentioned the the ever ever known rule of you either draft one of the elites, one of the top three, or you basically wait until outside of the you know top ten, and and once you get like really later in your draft. And so, two of those candidates, one much cheaper than the other, one is Chigo Conquo. I know you've talked about him a lot. Other play, people around player profile, I'm sure, have been talking about him a lot. He's currently being drafted in round eleven as the tight end twelve, and so there's really nothing that says any other receiver other than Traylon Burks is going to get more targets than Chigo Conquo next year. They didn't really invest in that in the receiver position at all. So Chigo Conquo is, is quite easily a top 10 option this year and could be a guy who takes that sophomore leap. He has the athleticism. He has the receiver ability. He can play in multiple spots out on the field. And he's a guy that could get some hyper red zone usage and have just an insane sophomore season. So so I'm you you should absolutely be taking shots on Chigo Conquo when you're not drafting an elite tight end. He's pretty much my firewall. If I get to to his ADP and he's there, I'm pretty much pulling the trigger almost every time. And then another one is Trey McBride. He's currently drafted at tight end 27, almost go, going pretty much near undrafted. And Zach Ertz is one of the most glaring post June 1st cut candidates that has ever existed. He's in his thirties coming off of a serious knee injury, knee injury, pretty sure is a knee injury. It's just off the top of my head, but uh, I'm almost hundred percent confident in that. If they don't cut him, you have Kyler Murray who's injured and he's coming back. You have two first round picks next season that are likely going to be picks one and two. Mm-hmm. If you're going with Caleb Williams, even if you're not going with Caleb Williams, this is the year to see what you have in Trey McBride. This is the year to to, to see, is this kid the future that we think he is? And if Earth gets cut, McBride is immediately a top 12 option. I'm just going to say it immediately. The target share is going to be there. The opportunity is going to be there. And and he's definitely a guy who could be winning people leagues. That. That's one of my favorite. Like if I'm if I'm not getting Kelsey, I know like the advance rate of people who had elite tight ends was really good last year in some of those underdog tournaments. But if I'm not getting Kelsey, and if I'm not getting say Mark Andrews, 
I love getting Chig. I love getting, like you said, Trey McBride. I love getting Cole Komet and like just having those three guys as my tight ends. Like, you know, I, I that's, that's the strategy for me. If I'm not going up top, love, love a lot of, uh, love a lot of what you said. We have some, uh, ch- some, ch- we, see, I, I think I misunderstood this question to be honest with you. I don't know what I was thinking because I wrote down David Montgomery and then I wrote down tank Dell. So Tank Dell to me in deep leagues and Terry Snowman saying he's free because the cost is to your roster, except in best ball where he could, he has a clear path to winning, like getting tons of points, fantasy points. Cause the quarterback really likes him. But anyway, uh, I don't know why PJ Kennedy is saying not to draft Jacoby Myers. Oh, well then I don't, yeah, it's settled. I'm out. Yeah. So <laughs> lots of facts there. Um, so uh, people are sleeping on Tua. Yeah, I think that that could be a really good offense. That's some good correlation too with the Ravens in Week 17 and some of those, um, you know, some of those uh, tournaments. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah. So that's my that's probably my bad. <laughs> I, I probably misinterpreted the question, but oh well. It's it is what it is. Great content, great stuff. Matt, what do you have to plug these days in your neck of the woods? Uh, yeah, so I mentioned it, but you know, I did get the get the honor bestowed upon me to to contribute to the draft kit again this year. So incredibly excited about that. That is releasing soon, so you'll be able to find my contributions in there. Um, you know, to be to be included with some of these names is is a pretty big deal that I don't take lightly. So you know, I put a lot of work into these these analysis. So uh, hopefully, you guys enjoy that. We have a a article series coming out soon that I'm also really excited about called "Win Your League with the Player Profiler Staff." And that will be a group of us. Uh, I'm going to be saying it off the top, so sorry if I forget a name. But myself, Theo, Seth, Jack, Jason, and Maddie Kiwum uh, will be breaking down different prompts uh, over these next few weeks. And we're going to start with kind of delivering our breakout running backs, and then we're going to follow with our breakout receivers of 2023. So it's a really cool kind of article series that we're going to be doing where you can see six different analysts viewpoint on the same topic. So just a smorgasbord of information. And, and I'm really excited for that one to drop. And then uh, we got dynasty week coming up soon. Next. Yeah. Next yeah, week. Next, 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 next week. That's what I thought I went yeah. to look it up just to make sure next week is dynasty week. So the entire player profiler channel, every show will be dynasty focused and you'll be hearing from a lot of experts around the industry and you'll be getting all of player profilers, flag plants, you know, players that they are just stamping their their mark on in Dynasty. And uh, we, we got a lot cooking for it being the middle of June or early June. We have a lot cooking at player profiler. So it's really exciting stuff. Um, and then I guess for a bold prediction, um, I'm going to say that that Jaden Reed makes one of the biggest jumps in year one and finishes as a top 36 receiver so wide receiver three in fantasy points per game all right good stuff uh my name is seth dewald i'm the editor and youtube manager now at playerprofiler.com so yeah all of this content is brought to you by our talented creators Mm -hmm. and writers so go follow everyone wherever they go stay tapped into player profiler uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Seth underscore D-I-E-W-O-L-D. That's Die World. I mean, D-Wald. So go follow me there. Um, you can follow my YouTube channel where I spout these similar types of things. I'm going to be doing 
a lot of uh, 2024 rookie content coming up here soon, getting ahead of that. Um, so be on the lookout for that. But other, other than that, I think that's about it. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you for staying tapped in in the chair. Tapped in. I guess it's tapped. Yeah. In. I can say yeah. tapped in. That's, that is the right that's, way to say it. They're tapped in in the chat. They're tapped in. They've tapped their proverbial kegs of knowledge <laughs> and they've now it's being poured into them all like and nourishing their fantasy body. So it's uh, yeah. I anyway, thank you, Harry Snowman, for stick, sticking in there with us. That is all for Matt and I tonight. Any final words of wisdom, Matt Babbage, for the people? Buy the draft kit. All right. Let me see. see you didn't give me enough time to find like there's all these. I didn't know you needed time. There's all these end screens here. Hold on. Now I found it. Goodbye, everybody, and nobody cares about Aaron Rodgers. We'll see you next week.